0: This is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome to the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. Derek, there's a little pep in my step this week because Michigan rushed for like an ungodly number of yards against Minnesota and has me thinking this turnaround might be legit. I don't know if I'm just like being uh, totally irrational. You know, we talked about this last week or the week before how... Fans tend to get irrational during the highs and lows. Maybe that's what I'm doing. But, man, like, what do you think after after seeing that kind of performance? You see, I don't
1: care who the opponent is. Anytime you can have a guy uh, rush for 200 yards on 16 carries in Karan Higdon and another guy, Chris Evans, run 13 times for 191 yards and, and two touchdowns. I mean, no matter who you're playing, those numbers are impressive. Uh, Those numbers are not something you see every week in college football. Uh, Obviously, why they're the offense honors of the year in the Big Ten, or sorry, not the year, of the week in the Big Ten. I will say that I I wouldn't say my expectations and and kind of uh, my thinking of the season has changed that much. However, I do feel very solid in what Michigan brings to the table on a week-to-week basis in terms of the run game to dominant weeks in a row. I think of another Kron Higdon performance against Indiana where he went for 200 as well. Uh, really kind of solidify that, okay, Michigan is a run first team, first and foremost, but secondly, they they are damn good at running too. And I and I think that that's huge moving forward, especially against Minnesota. And then obviously that the dynamic will need to be a little bit more important against teams like Wisconsin, Ohio State, and eventually a bowl game. But If you can, if you can rush for three hundred and seventy-one yards, you're doing something right, no matter who you're playing.
0: You know, you can't see me right now, but I'm shaking my head at you. Do you know why?
1: I I said dang.
0: Yeah, no, that's not what you didn't say. Dang with an ng. You know what you said, and now we have to mark this episode explicit. I think like I don't know the rules, but. I think to like to be safe, we have to mark the episode explicit, and it might be the first one in Go Blue Crew history that I, we have to do that man, for.
1: I wish that explicit, like I wish when you listen to music, there was like, just like regular music, and then there's explicit music. Like, why did TV get so lucky where I can have G and PG and PG thirteen, TV fourteen?
0: How come it just got to go boom, explicit because I said the D word? I don't know. First of all, when you say you say the d word i think of something else exactly so. so
1: it's not that bad i do apologize to all people including my mom who listens to this podcast it won't happen again i just got excited tyler michigan ran for 371 yards that is really really impressive and i guess my question for you is can they do it again
0: oh my gosh you know if they if they can It's got to be this next week against Maryland, right? Like, I'm not really counting on 371 yards against Wisconsin or Ohio State. That doesn't mean that the run game can't be effective. It doesn't mean that it can't win big games. But this level of performance, I mean, this is stuff that you get against the Rutgers of the world, apparently the Minnesotas of the world. If it's going to be replicated, look for it. This coming week against uh, excuse me against Maryland, I just don't know if they can pull off that that same uh, level of accomplishment against stiffer competition. But like I said, it could be that effective to the point where you know it's it's helping them win big ball games, which is ultimately what we really want to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if we even see another 200-yard rusher just because of. Of the the way Michigan runs the football Jim Harbaugh likes to give guys opportunity now Ty Isaac uh, was out with an injury we didn't see any of Kareem Walker against Minnesota uh, but between Higdon and Chris Evans you got everything that you were looking for and more so we might not see as impressive numbers but I do really think that uh, this Michigan running game is what carries Michigan uh, through hopefully three more victories uh, and if not three uh, three more impressive performances. So I, I do say that Michigan goes as far as their run game takes them at this point because the more successful you are on the ground, the, the easier it is through the air. And a guy like Brandon Peters, uh, even though he, he shows some good things in the small sample size, obviously any guy who's a young quarterback going on the road for the first time needs all the help he can
0: get. You know, speaking of Brandon Peters, I want to get your take on this because I saw a bunch of people say, you know they need to they need to open up Brandon Peters a little more and get him ready for these big games. And I, I'm sort of there. I mean, not to the point where I'm saying uh, I'm disappointed that Michigan ran the ball so much because you know it was very effective. But like, it, it stands to reason that at some point Peters is going to be tested. The run game is going to be stopped. Not maybe not stopped, but uh, slowed down a little bit. And what experience is he going to be able to draw on, you know, when this happens against like Wisconsin and Ohio State? And I think this is uh, mostly just, you know, in a, a side effect of the timing because he hasn't been around all season. But uh, I just want to get your take because I saw a lot of people who were angry that Brandon Peters wasn't unleashed a little bit more. Yeah. So
1: I, I talked about this a little bit on divine intervention, as I'm sure some people will listen to. But I do think that. I'm right with you. I would like to see more. At the same time, I'm okay with not seeing it. If you don't need it, I guess don't use it. Uh, the the exception is when there's a guy who you need to see a little bit more from, but that just tells me that, that Jim Harbaugh was either so confident in the running game as he should be in the last two weekends that uh, he just wanted to stick with that. Uh, and maybe he sees enough from Brandon Peters within practices and the, the small sample size that he's seen and we've all seen that he feels confident when he turns to Brandon Peters and says, hey, you need to throw on this drive, we need to make these plays, we need to come back on this ballgame. I will say, starting three straight, throwing a touchdown on the first, on the first drive, uh, where it seemed like they passed more than they ran that's Brandon Peters throwing the ball. He's completing 65 or more percent of his passes in, in, the, in the few passes that he's thrown. So, But, yeah, I would like to see him it out at least one time against Maryland, a, a team who uh, is not good at all against the pass. And then, obviously, as you look at a Wisconsin and Ohio State, I think Brandon Peters is going to be forced to throw in multiple situations, and, and I guess anything that we can see and kind of relieve us of the worry uh, that he kind of brings us, or the offensive passing game in general brings us, uh, would,
0: would obviously ease our minds a bit. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at 10 of 14 against Rutgers with a touchdown, no interceptions. Eight of 13 against Minnesota, still you know another touchdown, no interceptions. Like these are obviously efficient, but um, you know how much have you really seen? Like, what kind of confidence do you have if? let's say Wisconsin uh, shuts down the running game and all of a sudden Brandon Peters has to do something similar like you know what Jake Rudock did against Indiana in 2015 where it's just like we're going to snap you the ball and you're going to make a play and that's a real question like how confident are you if it did come to something like that
1: I'm still pretty confident and, and I do think that when I look at this Michigan team and what they've done on the ground again I think that what they can accomplish with their running backs will really kind of set the stage for how every game goes. Because again, you're not going to rush for 200 yards against a, a team like Wisconsin, but if you can control the the tempo of the game and have some success, it obviously opens things up significantly for a guy like Brandon Peters. And all season, whether it was Wilton Spade or John O'Korn, uh it was... Even a couple of more good throws, or a couple of more good plays, or a few less turnovers could have won Michigan this ball game. Or they they could have blown out Indiana if O'Korn would have played just a little bit better. Brand Peters probably during this entire season, unless I'm terribly mistaken, is not going to be asked to throw 20 or sorry 30 to 40 times. I think you could see 20 to 30. He's been right around that 15 mark. But if you can find success on the ground. You shouldn't have to to throw it more than twenty or thirty times, but yeah, if he has to throw it twenty or more, I'm still pretty confident just because of the uh, the efficiency he's shown uh, in his two uh,
0: and two times playing on the field so far this season. All right, going back to the running backs, what do you think happens with Ty Isaac when he's able to come back? Like, where does he fit into this rotation? Because Karan Higdon has been. Consistently good this season. Chris Evans just had a breakout game. He was a guy who who struggled up to this point for the most part. If they're taking off, if this is something we can count on, where does Ty Isaac fall into the equation in that backfield? I think
1: he falls right in where he has, as long as he's healthy. Uh, it seems to be not running back by committee because Karan Higdon's definitely gotten the bulk of the carries, uh, really since that Indiana game, especially, but. I do think that Ty Isaac brings an element to the game that has has proven to be successful for the Wolverines. He had a couple of, maybe three games over 100 yards, I think. Uh, Chris Evans obviously busted on the scene. Had another good game against Purdue uh, earlier in the the season. And Karan Higdon has just been playing out of his mind. I mean, Mike Hart numbers. I think he could get to that 200 mark this weekend if he gets enough carries. I just don't know if if we'll see that because then you've got to even consider a guy like Kareem Walker. But... Ty Isaac will still be used if he's healthy, uh, and I think that he'll still be productive. It's just as long as Michigan can have one or two backs playing well and the rest doing their job when they get a few carries, I think that the run game still looks good for Michigan.
0: You know the last time Michigan had a 1,000-yard running back? You know what? I do not. I feel like I should know. 2011, Fitzgerald Toussaint rushed for 1,041 yards. The next year, Denard Robinson rushed for over 1,000 yards, so that's 2012. Since then, Michigan has not had a 1,000-yard rusher, and it looks like Karan Higdon could definitely do that this season. And That, that, that alone, I think, is worth celebrating. He has had, quietly, uh, a very good career for Michigan in this season. I mean, I hope he starts uh, getting some of the attention he deserves, because it's been pretty incredible to see some of the some of the stuff he's able to do for michigan
1: yeah and and people forget that he even had a a good season and and a quiet season last year with 425 yards and and six touchdowns and and he was a guy who came in at a couple of moments and a few carries and and uh, showed some promise he's always run hard and that's what guys like about him is he runs hard he seems to be pretty consistent when he does get his opportunities And, and obviously this season he's gotten. Uh, much more opportunities on the ground. And I, I would say I was confused by that question because I knew Denard Robinson had done it. But thinking, yeah, thinking back to running backs, you're right, Fitz Toussaint. And if you think back to that offense, as much as he did some really positive things, not not the greatest running back, and definitely not the greatest offense. So what Karan Higdon's accomplished or could accomplish, I guess, this year, reaching that 1,000-yard mark is three games to do it. I think would be very impressive, and even if he doesn't reach that thousand-yard mark, uh, he has more time as a Wolverine, and I think that he'll he'll eclipse that just because of how how dynamic he's been, the way he's able to find the holes, how hard he runs, and then in open space, no one's been able to track him down, and that's something that we always love about Chris Evans this is in open space he's so dangerous. I mean now you've got two guys uh, that no one's able to catch uh, as soon as they find some open space.
0: I saw a very interesting stat today come across my Twitter timeline. Karan Higdon this season is averaging 6.8 yards a carry, and he's got 10 touchdowns. Saquon Barkley, that guy who uh, goes to Penn State, 5.7 yards per carry, 9 touchdowns. Now, I'm not suggesting that Karan Higdon is a Heisman front runner because obviously Barkley brings more to the table, you know, with his return ability, and he's a huge threat out of the backfield. So I don't want this to be mistaken as me saying Karon Higdon is a more valuable player than Saquon Barkley. But it does go to show that as much credit as we give Barkley for his pure running back ability, like hand him the ball and see what he does, crown Higdon's got the better numbers right now. And I think if you, if you asked random people on the street, you know, uh, obviously make sure they're... Uh, they're at least somewhat familiar with college football, but if you ask them, you know who's got the better numbers right now, in terms of rushing the ball, is it Michigan's running back or Saquon Barkley? Nobody, nobody in the right mind is gonna think automatically, oh yeah, it's the Michigan running back, just because you haven't seen that that kind of attention. But in all reality, you know what? It's Karan Higdon. I'm pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, and I think that when you win ball games, obviously your team gets noticed. Michigan obviously uh, being noticed no matter what happens just because of the the publicity they get. But if, if Karan Higdon keeps playing like Karan Higdon's been playing, going into a game like a Wisconsin-Ohio State, he's going to be talked about a lot. And I think that that's when people really start noticing, and he has some big opportunities to turn some heads. And I think forward to to next season uh, with Karan Higdon returning. He has a huge opportunity to, to be one of the best, not only in the Big Ten, but possibly the nation just with everything he's shown. And so, again, whether it's Karan Higdon or, or Chris Evans busting off for two 60-plus-yard runs, Ty Isaac, who's had some big opportunities, or even a Kareem Walker that people are really hungry to see, Michigan has a great uh, kind of committee of running backs and, and led by someone who, who looks to be turning into a, a huge breakout star, especially this season.
0: You know it's gonna be really fun. I don't want to look past Maryland, but um when when Michigan travels to Wisconsin, you're gonna have Michigan's backs, including Karan Higdon and Chris Evans, and you know, depending on, on how healthy Ty Isaac is and what kind of workload he gets. So you're gonna have Michigan's backfield and then Jonathan Taylor for the Badgers, who's been having an incredible season, thirteen hundred yards plus, thirteen hundred plus yards already. That's gonna be a heck of a show. I mean, if you if you like running the football, this is must watch TV. Not to mention, you know, it could, it's gonna be a, a pivotal Big Ten showdown. But you know, just just go watch the running backs. So just watch what they do and have some fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime you can get two backs who are, are dominant, and he's only a freshman, and I think that that's that's your heaviest competition, no matter who you are as a Big Ten running back next season. Is is him right there? I expect. Again, I don't want to look forward either, but I expect that to be uh, a game that's won probably through the air because you can rely on both ground games being really good. It's just whatever quarterback will, will play better. But, I mean, I'm very, very confident, I would say, uh, especially more confident than I was after the Penn State game just because of what Michigan's shown on the field. And, again, lesser opponents, so you don't want to get too ahead of yourselves. We, like you mentioned earlier in the show, we talked a lot about being irrational as fans and having our expectations uh, kind of skyrocket on us but anytime you can do that to, to two teams in a row rush for over 350 yards as a team that's really impressive and, and you start to turn some heads especially when you're ball club seven and two uh, like all the others in your big ten uh, division are as well
0: all right you got you got any other wisdom or insight on this Michigan backfield before we wrap things up really I'm just excited
1: to see if they can continue to
0: dominate uh, the offensive
1: line getting better week by week uh, but again, I want to see uh, an offense that can do multiple things and so Brandon Peters will have to be a part of the equation. That means that the offensive line is going to have to protect uh, as well as they're able to to run block. and so moving forward, hopefully we see a little bit against uh, Maryland uh, more of the the passing than we've seen in the past. but if not, then you've just got to assume that's because the run game looks so good a third weekend in a row and I guess we'll have to talk about what we expect between Michigan and Wisconsin the week after.
0: All right, that'll do it for us. If you want to send us hate mail, you can send that to me at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can also send it to Derek at Divine Identity. We'd appreciate it if you customized it. That way we're not just getting duplicates, but do whatever you feel you must. So thanks for listening, and Go Blue.